right, here we go. Hey guys, welcome to a very <laughs> gross episode 104 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five and my fellow host. Huh. A thought vessel is something he has considered for the shower big time. I like it. I, you know, I believe in it. Um, deep cut. It's a deep, it's a deep cut. Uh, we haven't gotten to the, sh we haven't done that in a while. I feel like we're getting too far. We're like too jammed up on the voices bits to like go back to our old bits. So I'm, I'm working on it and I'm, I'm reintroducing some new ones here. Uh, I, you know, I don't have any beer in the house, unfortunately. So I'm having this delicious box wine that I bought two weeks ago and completely forgot about. So enjoy it. Just, just for those who, uh, it's actually not too bad for those who didn't hear it the first time around. Uh, here's a little, <laughs> so anyways, it's a Friday here. I had a kind of a rough night last night in a parking lot, so not in a fun way. And, uh, I was actually going to meet up. I was telling you, I was telling Mr. Combo before the cast, uh, Powell, the show Lemony Lemonings was in town. His truck had come through here and we were just texting. It's like, it, it didn't work out, unfortunately. And he said something of, so we were just chit chatting. He's like, I, he said this, I was going to make some black top trollops jokes on here, but I guess we don't need to this time. Right. Does that, so does that term black top trollops mean anything to you? No, it means absolutely okay. nothing. So I'm I'm shocked I haven't gotten a, a message from compliance yet because I typed it into Google and it was just all porn. It was all XXX sites. <laughs> and I guess the reason why I was like, oh, I was like, thanks for the heads up, dude. And he was like, no, trollops is like some Midwestern word for like a skank or, you know, a, a potential person with, you know, uh, flimsy morals. And he was like, blacktop, like, uh, you know, like the parking lots that you're in. I was like, I did not get that at all. Uh, and I did have a parking conversation yesterday. It was not a makeout because one of the girls is gone. We're down to just one out of five. The vet. Whoa. Yeah, the vet. Uh, the vet didn't like that. Uh, I was seeing other people. So she decided to cut ties. So here well, we are. that's usually something you share with someone up front. Yeah. Not like in the middle of the date. I told them, well, I, it kind of came out of it. It's a long story, but like I told her that I was seeing other people. Right. And she was like, yeah, I've gone on dates with other people as well. And I was like, oh, great. Like literally high five. And she's like, have you slept with any of them? And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and she was like, and <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, I'd had some indiscretions and she was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I was like, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, sleeping with people is a line that most when it's like, oh, I'm dating around. Yeah, usually, yeah, it's yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm banging like four different people. <laughs> no big deal. It's not like that. Uh, and it wasn't my fault. I got duped into it from the other person. I got, you got duped I, into sex. I got duped. I got duped. And I was a willing participant. But there's still some duping going on. So that's that's where I'm at today. I'm kind of in a weird headspace. But how are you, sir? There's there's poop, I'm good. Other than getting... I just I feel I feel like I just learned that being duped is like a new way to say like, oh, they had sex with me. Oh, gosh, I didn't want I'm, it. I'm, I was a willing participant. I admitted it. I'm here. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm fine. Uh, finally got everything to complete my Sephiris deck. Except for a couple cards, but I got like the deck box that I wanted. I got oh okay. The, it was an absolute nightmare with Amazon because like the uh, sleeves that I had ordered that are pretty sweet. Uh, one package had fifty, the other package had like forty two, what forty three? Yeah, it was super weird. 
And so, like, when I did the thing on Amazon, like, I for sure was not about to unsleeve my entire deck because I didn't find out till the end. Yeah. Oh. And so it's like I'm not. I am not about to unsleeve this just to resleeve yeah. it when you send me <laughs> new ones. So thank God I said that the product was like damaged or was missing parts. So they just sent me new sleeves and then a relabel to send back the uh, old ones. So I just literally opened up the new pack, oh, took out like five or six. Well, no, no, I just took like like ten or so out of one pack resealed it and just shipped back the ones that they sent me because that's all i needed the, the i just needed 10 the, the efficiency the efficiency of the modern world we live in it's insanity yeah so oh, i uh, did that uh very excited for today's episode yeah uh, but i'm even more excited for the news that you guys got to hear this week. i know i'm pumped uh so I know one of them was supposed to come out last week, and that was the news with Tomer, Squee, and Big Tuck. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that's going to be an absolute hoot. I've already told Tuck that he has to listen to the episode that came out a couple days ago that featured uh, Commander Smith's Lowry and CCO's one and only Brando. Brando. Okay. Uh, because we discussed past or simple mechanics versus complex mechanics. Which side do you lean on? So a simple mechanic could be like hexproof, it's pretty clean, right? But right, you understand right, right. It. Uh, Magecraft or lesson would be a little bit more complex one, mm, where okay. sometimes there is a paragraph of text. Yeah, uh, even, even protection is a little bit of a complex uh, in trying to know what debt means. Right, 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 right. And so uh, awesome dialogue. I think the mechanics that we came up with were pretty damn creative. Of course, Tuck has no idea about anything that I'm talking about. No. Because I refuse to give him details, and I make, I'm making him listen to the I episode. Can't, I can't it wait. an absolute banger. I love, I, those are two of the favorite guests. Those are two of my favorite guests, and obviously all of, all of our guests we have on the program are my favorite guests. Uh, but I like, I do like those guys' contents, and I really think that they have a lot to say about that. So, no, I'm stoked about it. And I'm even more impressed that you're you're able to keep your trap shut and not spoil spill the beans. Because you yeah, like that I, is usually pretty hard for me. You you, <laughs> you like me are terrible at keeping secrets. Well, I can keep some secrets. Other secrets, it's like it's I just want to share it. Yeah, I well, just want everyone to. I know. think it's like it's a scale, right? Where it's it's if it's a secret that was like told in confidence, right? And you're like, okay, this is like a vulnerable thing. I think you're a, I think you're you got a pretty good steel trap on yeah. that but if it's something like exciting like gifts or look at this thing i got right like yeah <laughs> i'm terrible at that too because i'm just so excited about it well guys if you are excited about the guests that we have on brews and builds and mtg action for news but would like to become a guest yourself we well, should have to our patreon patreon.com slash cmd tower we have four different tiers and literally once we hit our goal of 50 total patrons uh, which have been lingering between 35 and 40. Uh, we are going to actually have a kit that we're going to send out, and you can then record with the cast, whether it be a news or a bruise and builds, uh, you know, your dealer's choice. And so that's one of the rewards. But the big one is we have a new patron. And this is our first referral with our new referral program. So hey. thank you, Lemony Lennings, for getting Glenn Allen the Hoss. Uh, I added the, the but I think you should legally get the put between Allen and Hoss uh, as a new Squeeze Choir member. So thank you so much. Yeah. Greatly appreciate the support. And Lemony, thank you so much for the referral. We'll be sending both of your guys your stuff here shortly. And that is one of the other things, guys. If you're an existing patron and you get someone to join the cast, 
feel free to let them let us know and we'll send you something as well. Even if it's just the dollar discord a month, we will sign a gold bordered card of your choice as much as Ooh. it pains me to say or any other nonsense all the way up to any of the other tiers. We will send you some of our CMD tower swag or even RK post tokens. Just head over to our Patreon. Now, of course, if you can't afford a monthly subscription or you need to maybe get birthday or Christmas ideas oh, it's, or it's right around the corner, non-denominational holidays, uh, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch, uh, redacted bit, get crap out of my basement. But for real, guys, you can go on there, buy all of our uh, CMD Tower branded products and uh, definitely share those with your own playgroup. Now, hey, you don't have to give us money. But we would appreciate it if you would share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, two big shout outs. The first to our audio producer, Squee McGee at Dear Squee on Twitter. Dear Squee at cmdtower.com is his email. Uh, hit him up. He does have a full studio. So if you'd like to do an in-person sesh, you could do that. If you'd like to just send your audio files over the interwebs, similar to how we record all of our episodes, you can do that as well, and he's happy to uh, work on your projects. And our video editor, we wouldn't be on YouTube without him, at underscore Teacoats. Tyler does editing for a lot of MTG content creators across the multiverse. Leave comments, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, let us know what you want to improve, because uh, he's the uh, sole editor. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we need he's to know what you it. want if you'd like us to do it. Because let me tell you, Mr. Combo tried. And you could see when our YouTube videos uh, went up in quality. <laughs> let me tell you. When they switched over. <laughs> Pretty much. And then, guys, make sure you stay till the end so you can get details on how you can win that August giveaway. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to the new segment called... Say yes to the deck. Uh, this will comprise of one of our hosts building a deck online specifically geared towards the play style for the other, but still challenging maybe how they play EDH. At the end, we will see if they say yes to the deck, but of course, the heart of brews and builds is still here, so we describe the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down to four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then we have it, how does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs and definitely not subcategories of wine. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. And then we have how does your deck actually close out or win games, which Big Tech's going to have to help me out here other than smashy facey. Uh, it's called yeast. There's some lines. There's some lines here. So yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have shenanigans. This can be pet card synergies that are in the deck that are just kind of fun. Sadly enough, Alter the Brood is not in this one. We call that spice. But we got you one that's almost as good. Actually, I would say it's better. Uh, not every beer or wine has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beverage from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout, or the addition of apricots that turn apricot wine. 
I don't really know much about wine brewing, so I was I was really digging through the rack of trying to figure out how to turn this bit into that. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap it off, we have a bottle capping, which is the deck's recipient's recommendations to said deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a personal recommendation that has no budget. We just can't do mana-only lands, which that would be my number one thing to fix with this deck. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Inaugural episodes here, and Big Tuck decided to take a shot at building Woo! a deck for moi. So we have Raph Capishin. Big Tuck, why don't you read what Raph does and, and talk through the lines of how you built this deck for me, whether it's play sure. style, win pattern, or maybe a, just a, a color pairing that I just am not a fan of. And you are going to hit, we have hit every single nail on that head as to why I built this one. So Raph Capishan is an uncommon legendary. Uh, that's a Zorius base, two colorless and a white and a blue for a 3-3 three, three flyer with flash, legendary creature, human wizard, Harry. Um, pretty basic, but he has the clause. You may cast historic spells as though they had flash. So artifacts, legendaries, and sagas are historic. So when I put this together, um, this was way harder than I thought it was going to be, to be completely honest. Um, I really, the first thing that got me when I wanted to build one for you was like, we've talked over and over again about how you do not have an artifact deck, really, like a true dedicated artifact deck. Sure. So I was trying to do something that was kind of fun with that. The problem with artifact decks is like, I feel like they're kind of ubiquitous there. I think they're all kind of samey-ish, just depending on what color pairing you're doing. So when I started, I started with that and was like kind of building this through and then wasn't really happy with it, but I couldn't quite decide what color or like what place I wanted to go through. So um, there was a lot of reasons why I chose them. Uh, and you, to hit on your points, color pairing, you have one Zorius deck. Uh, I hate it because <laughs> it's your stacks <laughs> deck. So I was like, let's try to, let's try to do something a little different there, right? Um, you know, what's funny is the goad hates my mono blue deck more than my azorius deck really yeah he, i think his but his deck's always pretty le lean on creatures a lot i think right for the most part so it, that deck also is annoying uh i don't really like mono blue i'm kind of sick of all the mono colors out there but anyways it doesn't matter so i wanted to build you a deck that was that dealt with uh artifacts hopefully that was in a color pairing that you don't really have and then the three reasons that i had written down was I thought this deck could kind of be taken into a few different directions, which is either like strategies that you like, which could be like a planeswalker sort of build or something that you don't really have a dedicated to, which is like artifacts, right? Um, I thought this deck was also an interesting choice for you because this really lets you play your deck at instant speed. Most of the decks that you play, except for your, because you had just built the Spellslinger one, right? So that was my first thought. Then you built the Players Mari or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to build something that lets you play on other people's turns more and hold up a bunch of mana, which I know you like. Uh, kind of the opposite of your seven dwarves deck and then i thought that this also in these colors you could really kind of scale this up or down in the salt meter to uh, suit your play style right so there are some cards that i intentionally didn't put in here that i'm sure you would if you did say yes to this deck so uh this deck's kind of theory is it's a deck that can be played on your opponent's turn grinding out value and responses at instant speed while bringing up, bringing up an army of big swinging artifact boys and planeswalkers. And there is a sudden, a hidden sub theme as it's built, which I know you're a big fan of those two to three things deep. So this was really difficult, uh, especially cause I didn't get a chance to play this obviously, but I, I actually liked the build myself. I thought it was, I thought it was a fun exercise. So I'm a big fan of this new thing. Uh, I mean, I'm, ex 
I'm a big fan of the concept of say yes to the deck. I think sure. it's pretty genius. Uh, and especially as we get other content creators that it's like, hey, let's have uh, uh, Sir Brian on. Uh, Mr. Cabo, you're going to build the deck for him. I'm like, okay, let me build the most uh, jerk thing I possibly can <laughs> that specifically hates what Mr. Combo likes to embody in life, and then that'll be the deck I build for him. Um, it's it's just his elf's deck? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I have a question, though, before I give my thoughts. The secret yes. theme, is it tef is it just teferi.deck? Yeah, it's teferi.deck. Okay. Okay. He's legendary. All this stuff's legendary. It's great. Uh, so... <laughs> Overall thoughts on the deck, it looks like it's pretty much just good stuff dot deck. Lots of value, lots of yes. drawing cards, lots of, uh, you know, not tons of counter spells, but you have some. It's a little pillow 40. It To me, it seems mm. like at the moment, it's been constructed like my Aloro deck. To where, yes. like, your primary theme is, let's just call it playing stuff on other people's turns. But then yeah, I have a sub-theme of artifacts, yeah. and then I have a sub-theme of, like, well, I like to draw a lot of cards. But then I got a sub-sub-sub-theme of Teferi. It just seems like maybe I'm being stretched in too many directions. And from a path to victory, I don't even know why you have one of these cards in Yeast. It doesn't make any damn sense at all. Uh, other than the fact that it's a legendary sorcery and you can cast it at instant speed, but like, who the hell cares? Oh. So I don't know oh, if I'm, that card's so good. <laughs> mm, yeah, no. Uh, so I don't know if there's like some secret tech with it that I'm missing, but it pretty much looks like if I can't win off the red zone with a couple of the things that are in here, I'm going to be hurting. And then even some of the others where it does the universal effect where your artifacts become whatever whatever's. Sure. It almost seems counterintuitive with some of the big beefy artifact stuff I have where it's like I'm actually underpowering what they do. Um, so those are just a few of my initial thoughts around the deck. I'm sure as we talk through it, I might be able to see a little bit more. But right now, this seems like a deck where it's like, hey, uh, oh, here we go. This is a 75% deck. It yeah, can, oh, it, for sure. It can hang 100%. at most tables. It's probably not going to win at most tables, but you'll be able to engage with the game. And to your point with like the three things, I didn't, because like I said, I wanted to build an artifact deck and just it wasn't fun to put together and I, it wouldn't be fun to talk about. So I kind of built it in that sense of like, this is like, these are like a taste of the different variations that you could go through here, right? Like I kind of chosen, I kind of chose the best of the best to some extent of like the ways or what I consider the ways that you could build this deck, right? Mm. So I wanted to come in here and be like, if you wanted to build this as an artifact, we kind of have this frame for it, right? If you wanted to build it as something that's more legendary creatures or legendary blah, 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 we have a frame for it. If you want to build it into like a straight Planeswalkers deck, like that's more of what I went. That's more of how I started. So I mm. totally agree. That's why it feels like very disjointed in terms of that sort of decks of girlfriends pass, as we like to call it. Yeah, that's totally fair. So from a color distribution standpoint, I have to ask, did you actually go in and start messing with the lands? Or did you just say, ah, this is what I'm throwing in and it just a kind little, of almost worked out? A little bit. It was a little bit a little bit of both, a little bit, a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Okay. I took some I started with like a deck list that I found online that I liked and then went and sub stuff out okay. to play into the theme a little bit more. Um, so that's where it ended kind of, I did take out some lands and put in things that I liked. Like there was a few things, a few of the dual ish lands, not like the actual dual lands, but like a few of the lands that tap for two colors 
that was missing originally. So it was kind of a happy accident that it almost worked out <laughs> down the down the line. But there's a ton of artifacts in here too. So Got that it. doesn't really that kind of messes up the the cur or the color distribution. Funny thing with this, and we never talk about this often, but the competitive meter actually has this at a 49% competitive deck, which is pretty which is interesting. I okay, I'll be honest. I think that's kind of shocking and I'm wondering if it's because there's like a handful of cards that yeah. are in super competitive decks. I think that so. completely skews it, right? <laughs> I, I would think so as well. Um from a uh, CMC we're at a 3.6, very very good. Sure. Um and from a price perspective, guys, you could build this deck for about 250 bucks, give or take. Yeah. So and that's including that's it. I I didn't try to break the budget on this and there's a few things in here that if I was actually building this myself I probably would replace with maybe some cheaper options uh, but you could I think like I said I think this is something where you could really scale it up or scale it down to your budget or your playstyle makes sense well let's go ahead and get into the deck guys and to start it off Big Tuck you made this deck for me so I want you to start with the first card that you think okay. you need to highlight. And this Raf Capuchin Azorius Instant Speed conglomerate <laughs> value train. Uh, so I, I for this one because it's a little bit different. I chose a greasy, a slimy, and a sweaty, and all these. So they're getting all they're they're all going in a bunch of different orders. But the, I'll start with the greasy card. Uh, this was a brand new voice, but this is a card that we've talked about a lot, which I wanted to bring up again because this little bird is one of the better ramp cards in the deck. And I don't think it's yours because you didn't have it on the voice list. Uh, Joyer is familiar. This card's uh -huh. an all-star. Four, color, four colorless for 2-2 two, two flying. It's an uncommon for 50 cents. Historic cards, you spell, or historic spells rather, you cast costs one less to cast, which again is artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. We do have a brand new voice, which I'm very excited about because that's one I'm very familiar with from the goad for this. Uh, and this is what Joyer is going to be sounding like. Now, uh, Mr. Combo, let's see if you can if you can pick up this hint. All right. <clears throat> Uh, you could say it was my pet project. Donald Trump. It's a great, it's obviously. A, it's a great, it's a great project. <laughs> it's the best project out there. It's a great one. Yeah, the Trump man. Of course, it's Trump. R.I.P. Yeah, I don't know where he came from. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did he, actually see. A, I did see a meme today of Joe Biden in some recent interview, and he looks all orange, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's become Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> He's already there. So yeah, so this card's pretty much meat and potatoes, but uh, Joyra's Foxtrot, as opposed to Joyra's, what was it? Damn it. It was the Jitterbug? No. Yeah, Joyra's Jitterbug. It is the Jitterbug, yeah. Yeah. But we had like a, we had, there's like a dance thing with it. I don't know. Whatever. I think this card's really strong. Um, if you're playing artifact decks, if you're playing decks that care about legendaries, this is like usually a pretty easy slam dunk. Um, the fact it comes in as a 2-2 is also good, and you can cast it with Flash because it itself is historic. Tons of value in this deck. So here's where I'm kind of curious. Do you think this card's better, or do you think Sealed of the Guild Pact is better? Because Sealed of the Guild Pact only costs one more, but since you're in a two-color deck, you could pick blue and white, and then all your blue-white spells cost one less each, so potentially even two less if it's an Azorius spell. I'm just wondering if the colorless mm. just for one at four mana, if that's better than five mana, and now instead of historic spells, it's any white and or blue spell costs either one or two less. I think it. I think that that's a good point. I think it depends on the build of the deck, right? Mm. If you're building this as your, if you're building this as more of your artifact forward with some supporting legendary cards, I think the. I think 
the Foxtrot's better. If you're really leaning into the blue-white legendaries, then the Sealed Guild Pact would probably be a better choice in this slot. Yeah, that makes sense. But so yeah, that Joy, makes sense. Joy is familiar. It's a good card. It's just usually one I don't put in decks because it is four mana. But sure. considering this deck is a historic spell dot deck, I think I think it's an auto include. You you would put this yeah. in here over a signet, in my opinion, if you, if it came down to one or the other. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so, got to talk about them. Uh, my first one is one that needed a voice. Uh, so unfortunately, Tuck knows. Uh, this <laughs> this is one that the way that Tuck built the deck, I can see why it's in here because it is it allows you on your opponent's turns to have your spells cost one less. Um, so we are talking about Nyad oh. of Hidden Coves. Two colorless blue, enchantment creature, nymph. It's a common. It's a 2-3 for about seven pennies. And it <laughs> states, as long as it's not your turn, spells you cast cost one less to cast. And who does Samia Melishin Poet sound like? Evidently, she was a castrato because this is your voice in falsetto. What? So back in the days and like in old Europeans, they used to castrate boys so that their voice wouldn't change. Okay. Because so she's now you're just talking like a really high pitched voice. Yeah, it's like a falsetto. Like when you're singing and you're singing outside of your range, right? Waveboard. He watches over. See, that just sounds like a cartoon character. Wait. <laughs> We're doing like say more. It's like sing songy. Like you're singing. Like you're you're trying to sing. So, like oh, it'd be. So like, you want me to so sing okay. in falsetto and say it? Yeah, uh -oh. I assume that's what he meant by falsetto. Goad, we're going to have words tomorrow. Uh, or I guess a week ago. <laughs> Wait, he watches over secrets of the shore! Feel like I should have been on a strong bad episode. Uh, so anyways, oh, so good. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. It basically does what Joy's Familiar does, but... It's only on my opponent's turns, and it goes outside the historic spectrum. So I like that because now I can kind of combo what the commander wants to do with this, where it's like, well, I want to do stuff on other people's turns, but you know, some things usually cost sorcery speed. So it's like, how am I going to get the value of this? And traditionally, people think of Night of the Hidden Coves. It's probably more of an instant speed deck, like actual instant right. spell yeah. slinger. Not so much like I'm cheating ways like through a Veldecan Ori or Leyline of Anticipation. Absolutely, yeah. And and I know how much you like uh, Veldecan Ori, so I gave you one in the command zone. Easy as that. <laughs> and a bunch of cards to support it. All right, well, what's your second one? Uh, okay, so this is my slimy pick. And I know this is a card you like, and I think we talked about it. We talked about this before. But um, it is one of the namesake cards, and there's a lot to choose here. And honestly, I just was going to go to fairy, to fairy, to fairy <laughs> to prove a point. But I want to go with the, slut, the the greasy and the slimy and the sweaty. So of those that I want to talk about, I want to talk about the master variety ah. of Teferi, Master of Time. So two colorless, two blue for a three loyalty entering legendary planeswalker Teferi. It's a mythic rare for about eight bucks. It says, and I'm going to need to zoom in on my browser because that text is microscopic. You may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi, Master of Time, on any player's turn, anytime you could cast an instant. So the plus one ability, draw a card, discard a card, very meat potatoes, minus three, target creature you control phases out. Target creature you don't, don't control, control phases out. Yep. And then minus 10 is take two turns after this one. 
So I put this in the grain because I feel like most of the time you're going to be drawing your card and discarding your card with it, right? Thousand percent. Yeah. And like, and we've talked before, because I think this was, we talked about this in maybe your super friends, your tracks mm -hmm. of super friends powered up deck where the two extra turns is way more valuable in there because that gives you all those planeswalker activations yep. and building the board and like getting closer to their ultimate. Whereas in here, this deck doesn't really seem to your point, like getting an extra turn might help you like get in the red zone, but it's not going to, you're probably not going to find the things that you need. So for me, this is a grain mo most, but I do like the fact that you can phase stuff out because it kind of gets around like you're indestructible. If you're about to die, that yeah. sort of thing kind of lets you control the board. It's a little slimy because the, the card is, it's just kind of like a value train, right? Yeah. It's not like, it's not a slam dunk, like a Ristic study. You kind of have to work for it, but I like in this deck, A, because it's a fairy card. B, you can cast it at instant speed and go from there. Yeah, I think if I was to actually build this deck in paper, I'd probably, just because just I actually have a spare, I'd probably swap this for uh, Jace, the Brainstorm Jace, mm. just mm. because if I'm just going to be drawing yeah. the card, discarding a card, I'm basically brainstorming once a turn. It's just now putting stuff into the graveyard, which I don't think this deck wants to do. I don't think there's really any graveyard shenanigans. We'll we'll get we will we will get to that because there's one I kind of built this around one card. <laughs> okay, uh, but I, I actually I really like this card because in theory, even if you play it on your turn, it's going to be at four. Opponent turn two, five, six, seven. By the time it gets back to your next turn, you're going to be uh, plussing it to eight, and then you're going to be taking extra yep. turns and like interrupting the turn order if your opponents can't do anything. Which I would think the way that you've built this deck, they shouldn't be able to do stuff. I should be able to flash in blockers. Should be able to use counter magic to protect it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think like, and I think to your point, the two extra turns could be cool, but is it going to win me the game? No, but I bet no. you the drawing seven cards leading up to it probably did help quite a bit. Totally agree. Totally agree. All Let's right. go to fairy. So my next one is a card that I forgot about, uh, probably because it's only good at historic decks. Uh, <laughs> but in this one, it's a banger for 10 cents board, the weatherlight. Really oh, like sure, this yeah. card. So colorless white sorcery. It's an uncommon for a dime. And it says, look at the top five of your library. You may reveal a historic card from among them, put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And obviously we all know what's historic. And what's the random voice given me? We have our old pal Gideon, the generic Captain Kill Guy, who I think was on the Weatherlight, if I remember correctly. Who, who's generic Captain Kill Guy? Just generic, like, you know, like... Just like a Captain Kill guy, just like rrr, 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 rrr. we got to work on better like, I, descriptions for these uh, voices because some of these suck. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, henchman. That's what it says. There we go. Henchman. But no, like he's like the super soldier and like Wolfenstein. Like, oh, I'm going to crush ye, Americanski. Uh, okay, let's say like Wolfenstein German because that's that's easier because okay. i i know that just, is that easier okay yeah, generic captain kill guy means nothing just like uh angelina jolie and beowulf means nothing that yeah that one needs a, that one needs a little bit of working but it, we're we're like already committed to it a new gathering for a new age yeah yeah exactly the age of hitler <laughs> so uh obviously this card is usually terrible in most decks but if you're going to build this thing as historic i would say not counting your lands, even though Tuck did get kind of cute with Seed of the Cyanide and stuff like that, to technically have historic lands. Uh, I like that. Yes, sir. Uh, even though you can't cast them, you could at least get it with this card. 
you should probably not counting your lands i would say have 60 cards in the deck be historic i think very very few should not be historic um yeah. or the non-historic should just be generic instance your traditional hops cards that you would do any of your right. permanents or sorceries i think should be historic so this thing should hit every time and it should be something that you need i agree and uh don't get suckered into this like i did when this first got spoiled i was like yes mono white card draw because mono white has a bunch of legendaries and a bunch of How'd that work uh, out a bunch of uh artifacts right terrible 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 like i think it might still be in my mono white deck but it just every single time it, it you either like feel great or like because you get the mana rock that you needed that one time or you're just like well i just whiffed and like five of my best cards on the bottom of my library that will i'll never be able to see ever again all right tuck well what is your last grain card so this is a sweaty one and i was i left this in here solely because it was in every single like it was like top pick like on edh rec has to go in it best card blah blah blah, blah. it was always in the top and i was like what and I kind of get it, but ah, and that's why this one is so sweaty. So he's omnipotent and he also is a wizard Harry and he's Arcanus the omnipotent. So he's a three, four legendary creature wizard Harry for three colorless, triple blue tap, draw three cards, two colorless and two blue return Arcus, the Arcanus, the omnipotent to its owner's hand. So uh, there's also a voice with that, which is our old pal Fraley's AKA Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. For some reason, I'm starting to realize doing women's voices is easier for me, which <laughs> is probably something I need to unpack during my next therapy session. <clears throat> he has journeyed where none have been before. Now he returns to ensure that none will follow. Parlay. <laughs> parlay. It's parlay, right? Is that what she says in that thing? I don't know. It's been a while. So I this card is one of the things that is kind of like it's just like shoveled into decks, right? Where it's like, ah, oh, I'm playing mono blue. I can draw a card. If you're playing a wizard, some theme, sure. Um, I think the reason why it's in, why it's so popular is that you can flash it in yep. and then immediately draw three cards next turn. So that's why I kind of like it. Uh, for me though, it just seems like a lot. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we we're talking about this card later. Uh, it just seems like a lot of work for maybe something that's not that great on the return. So that's it's it was just surprising to me that it was just in every single one of these decks. Like I, it was just lousy with it. I think the reason it is is because of the fact that you can actually pay the four to put it back to hand. So you could basically protect it, which that's what that effect is supposed to do. But right, then yeah. once the board wipe or whatever is resolved, if you have six, you could then flash it back out. And flash now, I, again, now yeah. I have it back. Oh, you're gonna do it again? Because blue has so many ways to make absurd amounts of mana, if not infinite. Mm. I think that's why it's probably number one is people are like, oh, yeah, I could always draw three. Oh, you're going to try to get rid of it. Well, I'll just put it back and then flash in Wrath Capishan, flash in Arcanus. Now I have it again for my next turn. That's probably okay, it, it's yeah. a very slimy tech. Uh, it's it's yes. not, not good, but that's probably why. <laughs> um, it's not on the chopping block. Um, Interesting, okay. Well, I mean, honestly, there was too many cards to put on the chopping block. <laughs> so, okay. uh, All right. uh, yeah, um, and I only get three. But I think Arcana should at least stay because it is a 3-4. It's not insignificant. And the draw there is no drawback to the draw three other than it has summoning sickness. So... Yeah, it's, you know, the ceiling on it's very low, 
but I think its floor is very high, just on its face, to be mm -hmm. a 3-4 that can draw three. Because I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, we got to kill Arcanus so he can't oh, draw yeah. three and not have a blocker anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely definitely going to be sitting out there. So oh, I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. So this is a card, though, that I actually thought you were talking about when you are talking about Sweaty? No, yeah, this was sweaty. sweaty. Yeah, um, just because it's one of those X spells, and I'm usually anti it, but with the way you built the deck, I think it kind of makes sense. Sphinx's revolution, revelation. Yes, X white, blue, blue. It's an instant mythic for between two fifty and three bucks. Wow, I can't believe it's that expensive. Um, oh, you see, oh my man, this used to be like ten or fifteen. Jesus, uh, you get, I know right? You gain X life and draw X cards, and what's my voice? Uh, it's it's the man of the hour to fairy. Oh, S uh, S L J, baby, your favorite. <laughs> Let the knowledge of absolute law inspire you, mother to live a life of absolute order. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so so good. the the reason I really I, I usually hate this card. It's not something I would normally put into a deck, but I think it works in here very well because you are doing the whole holding up mana, playing on other people's turns. Exactly. I could yeah. literally leave up seven, and it's like, oh, it's Rift. Do we want to force it? And people are trying to bait me, and then it's like the person right before me, it's like, I'll just draw four, gain four. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I really like it for that, and I, I don't have it included in my bottle capping, but I do have an idea that I think is pretty cool that can help with the playing on other people's turns. And Ooh. I don't mind talking about it now because I did notice you yeah. don't have a ton of mana rocks in the deck. You got one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight total. I would think, you know, normally in an artifact deck, I think you're probably in that 10 to 15 because you just want more artifacts. I think a cool thing that you could do with the deck is do unwinding clock put in more just actual artifact yeah. mana rocks. And then when I'm doing stuff on other people's turns, it's like, oh, well, you didn't do anything on yours. Let me tap all my mana rocks, put in 10 mana. I'll do Sphinx's Revelation for seven, untap that stuff. Now I got a fresh grip for your turn. Maybe I did get Cyclonic Rift now. Totally. Maybe I did get a legendary board wipe or creature. I think that could be like a cool way to take, take the deck. But I think Sphinx's Revelation puts more on that to where if I did build it or if you guys build it, I'd highly encourage figure out a way that you can actually reuse your mana during each opponent's turn, similar yeah. to how a seedborn muse usually works in green. I can I completely agree with you on that. And like I think if you're if you, the reason why the mana rocks are low is like because I had to cut things to talk about them, like planeswalkers and whatnot. So if you were gonna go the artifact route, then yeah, like slam them all in with your own winding clock, be able to tutor it up, you're gonna be off to the races. It's gonna be real good. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the grade section. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile, and I will kick this off with a counter spell that I don't play nearly often enough, but I really should. It's in Azorius. It's Casa Blue, and it Casa White. It can't be countered. We're talking about that asshole, Dovin's Veto. What an asshole. What an asshole. Hate, I, we hate him. He sucks. Hashtag Dovin sucks. Nobody likes him. <laughs> No one asked him to come to the party. It's white and it's blue. It's an instant uncommon from war. $1.50 showing you how good the spell is. Can't be countered. Yeah. Counter target non-creature spell. If you're playing negate and you have white, you're an idiot. 
Yeah, cut it, cut, cut, cut that, that right out. immediately out. <laughs> cut that right out. Uh, but who do I have uh, to read this as? So, because we hate Dovin so much, he's a very proper man. So we made him sound like the mumble coach from Waterboy. <laughs> very good. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you're you hit the nail on the head. Like, I'm kind of shocked this is still a buck fifty, right? I mean, I guess it always hasn't been, um, but it's just it's just really good. I mean, it's it's real meat and potatoes. You're gonna have people that you're gonna want to counter. I didn't lean too much into the counter spell onto here because I know that's not really your favorite play style. I know if there's two there's two things that you if there's two things you don't like, one of them for sure is drawing cards off of one card. So I'd cut a lot of those. No, out. no, 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 no. Don't 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 We're, tell the audience can, wrong. Can, don't tell the audience can wrong. trip effects. That's what you don't like. I don't like paying more mana than the cards I've drawn. If I put any mana into the spell, I should be drawing one card per one mana. Anything else, I'm not a fan of. That is actually my card draw dilemma. Fair, fair enough. You also just don't like cantrips as well. That's you don't, like, you, don't you don't run brainstorm. Well, because no, I do run brainstorm. That's three cards for one mana. Brainstorm's the one, but you don't you don't run opt. You don't run your ponders. You don't do much of that stuff. They're not good. Am I wrong? I mean, me, I, me I, I do run them in some decks. They're just not like, oh, I need to draw cards. Let me fucking throw opt in every deck I got. Let's just do it. <laughs> Go to hell. All right. Anyways, just do, just do it. Dovin's Veto. I do love counter spells. I don't play Dovin's Veto enough, and I really should. Fair enough. Yeah, it's it's solid. All right. Well, what's your hop card? So this is one that gets it's a greasy but it's got a lot of tentacles because it can be, it can reach out with its tentacle appendages and become whatever you want it to be at instant speed. <laughs> Phyrexian Metamorph, card's amazing. Three colorless and Phyrexian mana. So let me rephrase that. Three colorless and two life. Yep, Don't yep, even worry about yep, it. There we go. For an artifact creature, shapeshifter, it's a zero, zero. You may have it enter the battlefield. It's a copy of any artifact or creature on the battlefield, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. So there's a lot of these different sort of clone things. Your spark doubles. If you're in similar scope to Manalith, suck it, squee. If you're running clone, there's probably other options. So when you're building a deck, I think you kind of have to think about like, okay, we don't want to have too many of these things, but it's always good to have one or two, maybe in my opinion. And for me, Metamorph is the best option in here because for three man and two life at instant speed, you can turn it into a copy of the best artifact or creature on the battlefield at instant speed. So just a lot of value here. Um, this card's been reprinted, thankfully. So it used to be about 20 bucks. Now it's about five. I think I have one of these sitting in a binder and still don't know what to do with it. <laughs> so I just, I can't, I can't find the deck. But in this deck, fits the theme very well. It is a total 75% card where if you, if you don't have any good targets, then maybe it kind of sucks. But again, if you need the Soul Ring, if you need the Coalition Relic, if you need whatever the case may be, you can get that. If you need a blocker at instant speed, you're, you're off to the races here. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a card I don't play a whole lot. Now I see why, because it's $5. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this is a $5 card. That's just my opinion. I don't really I don't really either, but I think people just get bananas for those Rexian mana costs. Like Norn's Annex is a good... Yeah. Yeah, like cards like Norn Annex are ridiculously expensive, and it's just because of the Frixian mana d- deduction, in my opinion. But yeah. What do I know? But no, I, I like this card, especially in this deck, because of literally everything you said. Instant speed, three life or uh, three mana, two life. Have it become any creature or artifact on the battlefield, which is huge because traditionally these cards would read ones you control. 
Um, and so it's very mm -hmm. limiting. And yeah. I like that it still keeps it an artifact in addition to the other types. So you all the artifact themes that you have going on, you you aren't losing that. Uh, so yeah, I really like the card. Yeah. All right. Well, they're not all not all terrible. Not all not terrible. All terrible. Uh, I like this card because it's kind of politicky, and I I know that there's broken things you can do with it, but I'm curious why this is a hop other than it's politicky. It's a key that can sometimes untap artifacts. Oh. <laughs> But I feel like you have it in here so you can make your opponent's creatures unblockable. Manifold key? Uh, col uh, colorless artifact, M20. Uh, one colorless tap, untap another target artifact. Three colorless tap, target creature can't be blocked this turn. And we have a new voice from Mr. Slipfinger himself. Oh, of course. Uh, and this is going to be your pal. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> can you do it? Do you have a Kermit? Think like I always think like Ray Romano and go with from there, like work backwards. Locks want to be opened and treasure wants to be free, Miss Piggy. That's incredible. What? Where did that come from? I don't know. I think I've watched too much uh, Kermit the Frog reaction to Two Girls, One Cup. Oh, <laughs> gross. Good don't God. Google that. Don't Google that. Yeah, yeah, do not Google that. Do not Google that on a work computer. Do not Google that anywhere. Not on your parents' home. Not on your parents' so, domain. why is this a hop? So, for me, it's because, like you said, it's to... There's a sub-sub-theme of this, which I've seen other people play, where you turn it into, like, a Voltron deck, and you play with a lot of equipments and that sort of thing. So, I have, like, one or two in here that can kind of do that. Okay. That's just a taste. So for me, it's a hop because Wrath is a 3-3 flyer, which is pretty good on its face as someone like to build up on, right, with the evasion. For this one, you can just then send your stuff through, right? If you get some of the yeast cards out there, you can send them through, get their damage in, potentially knock someone out. That's why for me, it's more of a hop. Um, I think if we, to your point, if you put in more, uh, if you put in more, Arta, or uh, if you put in more artifacts, especially ones that tap for two, then I think it'd be more of a grain because it's that kind of value engine. But in this deck, for me, it fits more into the hops as I visioned it. So, uh, well, it sounds like it's more of a yeast card than a hops because if, if it's in here primarily to make your stuff unblockable and get in the red zone, that's more of how you win the game, not so much how you are interacting with your opponent's boards. A little bit, but there also there's cards that when your creatures deal damage, you get effects off them as well. So it's kind of it was it was hard to classify, right? Okay. Because depending on how depending on how you want to build it, it could be it could be a grain just for the untappability. It could be yeast if you're going in that. I don't have that much stuff to make it. I don't have that much Voltron things in here. So really, like it sounds like pieces. it's a spice, if anything. It's probably more. It's probably more of a spice in this deck. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? Label it spice. Chicka, 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 chicka. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your next hop card? Okay. So I, there's a, this is what we were talking about, about the altar of the brood up front, but I did my research onto the fourth sub theme of the deck. Jesus Christ. And this is the one that came up because I think it's cute. Uh, you're about to get the tutelage from Randy tutelage. Which is to fairies tutelage. So two colors and a blue for an enchantment. It's an uncommon about sixty-seven cents. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. 
Uh, so this is actually one that I've never done before, which is a little bit of the falsetto. So hold on. I mean, wear my glasses. All right, here we go. Uh, Ashiok the choir boy. <clears throat> Tara's all six laws of temporal recursion. It's easy to understand as long as you know the first seven. Butt rape. <laughs> Good luck. Take that. Take that right out. Uh, so this is this was the Teferi. This was the Teferi card that was like the greasiest I could put in. There were some other ones that I was going to put in. But and this is also one that's a little bit more of a hop. But when I was looking at it, one thing I want to do is to be able to draw cards on other people's turns, right? Like and drawing them on your turn. So this pairs very nicely with the Fairy Master of Time, as we talked about, with some other things, because this is a kind of a red zone deck. There's certain ways that you can draw cards when things deal damage to you. So for me, that incidental mill that's just sitting there is kind of an interesting pick. But really, I just picked this to I picked this to an A annoy you and B fit the Teferi th sub theme. Uh yeah, I, I see what you did there. Uh, as someone who does slam Alter the Brood in a lot of decks, this should also be a spice yes. card, potentially. Because um, there is no mill theme. Uh, but I think you, I think it's actually fine at being in hops for now because you literally have so much card draw in the deck. Exactly. You're probably going to have this happen at least once on everyone's turn, every rotation. Um, right. So I like it for that. You know, I definitely think a good pairing card with this would be rest in peace. I think that would make a great oh, fit. Oh yeah. And then that way it's hey, mill two, which is actually exile two. Um now you're limiting their resources. I think I think that could be pretty yep. cool. Um and that'll also get around any of the monster mash effects because it never actually hits the graveyard. It just goes straight to exile. Um I like to various sure. tutelage. I got tons of them. I opened up so much <laughs> M20. All the showcase foils the world could ever need. All of them. Well, now you now you have one place to put them, my man. Yep, I sure do. Well, I'm going to go <laughs> with my last one. It's a counter spell that I literally despise except for this deck. So, way to go. We're oh, yeah. we're going to rewind it. Uh two colorless blue blue instant. It's an uncommon for 25 cents. Counter target spell, untap up to 4 lands and what is my voice? This is Tim Curry or Admiral Beckett Brass, which is Tim Curry as the devil. And God, you guys in all these weird voices. It's a, this is a this is a deep drop one. It's like so. Think of him as like <laughs> not like oh not like oh I'm going to kill you. It's like <laughs> like a sexy devil. <laughs> the best denials are simply that. I feel like a used car salesman <laughs> right now. The beginning at Toyota Fun and end unchanged. <laughs> A dream in a Honda Pilot with no memory. <laughs> I've just turned Tim Curry's voice in this to use car dealer. Uh, so Do we need to change that on the list? God, maybe. Uh, oh, God, no. What we need to do is we need to figure out how to do Jeremy Piven's voice from that uh, used car movie. Oh, God, The, the, the goods. goods. What a good movie. Un un unwatchable. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> un unwatchable. So... Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a counter spell that untaps up to four lands, literally making the spell for free. And the fact that I'm literally yeah. trying to do stuff on everyone's turn, I don't care about leaving up this mana. Versus other decks, usually this is a bad card because it's like, well, I need to leave up four to be able to cast it, and then I need to be able to use that four for something else that I may not have. And where I can't... there, I This 
this was kind of a weird addition because I had, I don't remember what it was. I've been watching a lot more magic content and there was somebody that was playing that like they did rewind like four times in a game and it was like backbreaking. Hmm. It was so strong to do that because they were playing. I think they might've been playing mono blue control or something and they, but it's because they would rewind, have a counter spell, do something else and that sort of thing. But here being able to play out a lot of your deck, if not all of it or most of it, uh, is pretty strong. I I know you like me. I hate running for yeah four mana counter spells. Right. I don't think they're good. But this one, I think, in this deck, kind of does serve a little bit of a slot. Yeah. I mean, it. If the deck wasn't trying to always play on your opponent's turns, it'd be like Tuck. What are you doing, man? Like, I get it. Your yeah. stuff can be flash, so maybe there's value, but probably not. But if literally I'm going to be draw go or draw land go, then it yeah. it, it probably has a home. Totally. Um, what is your last hop? So I had Teferi, I got too excited about Teferi's tutelage. Uh, I kind of blew my load there. That was actually going to be my sweaty pick for the reasons that we discussed. So my slimy one is a card that I have seen do work. I just I I never know if it's like if this card's good enough. And I think the fact that it can come in as flash makes it good enough in this deck. Excuse me. So the Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. So three colorless, double white for an artifact creature construct four five. When it enters the battlefield, each player chooses an artifact creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from among the non-land permanents they control, then sacrifices the rest. So this was another one that was like on every single deck. Mm. I like it as a board wipe, and I think the reason why it's good in here is because you can do it at instant speed, right? So if someone's turning really problematic, or if they one side board wipe you of all your shit, now you can get back at the entire table and then be able to untap and go. Um, I, do, I just, I always... I worry, I worry about this card and a lot of decks because I used to run in everything pretty much as like a board wipe, right? And then it got burnt. I got burned on it. And I feel like the floor, the ceiling is like super high, right? This could be a card that wins you the game. Yeah. But I'm just worried that there's going to be a lot of times when you're playing this deck, this might be a little bit of a dead card when you're just waiting for the boards to set up, when you're kind of waiting for the time and it's just sitting there. Well, so think of it like this. If, if that's why you're worried it's a dead card, then all board wipes are potentially a dead card. All board wipes are yeah. dead cards, yeah. So where I think, though, you can make the argument that this could be a dead card, because I think the versatility that you get with the... You only get to keep a creature, a artifact, a enchantment, right. and a planeswalker. Um, you know, that really kind of forces people into decisions. I think where this might teeter on being a bad card isn't so much when you can play it, because you can kind of play it whenever you want. It's more right. that... I want to use this to get rid of enchantments. All these mofos only have one enchantment, and I have no way to do it. Mm -hmm, or they only mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. one planeswalker, and that's the one that's about to ultimate, and I need to get rid of it. That's where yeah, I think for sure. this card is a dead one, because those opponents get to make their choices versus you making the choice for them. Because I think there's a white card. Isn't there a white card where you choose... Uh, there's a couple. Yeah, there's yeah. a couple of them. Like tragic arrogance, I think is one where you choose one of each opponent. Yeah. So um, I, I think some if there's an artifact or a way to kind of do that in this deck, where you can kind of choose, even if it's not as devastating as a total board wipe, even if it's like you choose what they sacrifice, I think maybe that can yeah. take the spot of this as long as you can still play it at flash. Because I will say the versatility mm. to play this thing at flash. Is awesome. I mean, just imagine if you could play Wrath of God at Flash. It'd be like, okay, four right. mana or even five mana to play it at Flash. Sure, I'll put it in my deck. So I think this is good. Absolutely. I just think where you might have those niche cases on the enchantments, planeswalkers, and artifacts, 
they may only have one and it's like shit i have no way to have them get rid of it yep and all this will do is maybe hurt me exactly yeah totally agree totally agree on that so that's why for me this is like a little bit of a slimy one yeah. it's not like immediate slam dunk but you know it's got the versatility it's also so hard because I've never seen this deck played, right? So it's like, this card may be amazing. Who knows? All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to Yeast and Big Tuck. Let's, uh, we only got 10 options. The greasiest card in the deck. One of the greasiest cards has ever been printed. I hate this card. I still don't own a copy of it. I almost bought one because I'm an idiot. And I still didn't do it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Blight, Blight Steel, Steel Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> 12 mana for an 11 11 artifact creature golem it's a mythic rare for 35 dollars 38 sorry trample infect indestructible and then it does have monster mash so if it would be put into the graveyard from anywhere reveal blight steel only and shuffle it back into its owner's library I couldn't resist myself. I think I one of the builds I saw on this had Dark Seal Colossus, and I was like, really? It wasn't a budget build either. They had the dual land, like the the Aber dual in uh. here. I was like, you couldn't shell out $38 <laughs> or $35 for a rare one. So I just can't like I don't like this card, right? I think it's stupid. I've started also taking cards like trample or um what's the one? Uh Try for the Hordes. I started kind of like slowly slotting that out of decks. Um, just cause it's like a feel bad sort of thing, but this is so, it's so freaking bonkers. Like you have all this reduction, you have your mana rocks. Imagine just casting this at the end of the person on your right's turn. And you're like, <laughs> they're too busy doing their own shit with each other. Right. Late but game. You know what? Like, if, they, well, if, they, if they had saw you that you had 12 mana open and your commander out, <laughs> they're probably know what's yeah. going on. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So I'm sad to hear that you're getting rid of game winners, uh, out of your decks. <laughs> because we are in a singleton format with 99 cards in the library. And most of the time, you do not run ways to tutor said thing. So if you just happen to yes. draw a triumph for the hordes, don't feel bad about playing it and winning the game. Just like in this... There's a weird... Just like in this deck, there's no reason to feel bad about putting in Blightsteel Colossus. Because I haven't seen a way for me to go tutor. It's not like you have a Kadoltha Forge Master in here to, mm. to go tutor tutor it up. Um, actually contemplated putting it in the deck to do said thing. Uh, Ooh, I did not. That would be good. Uh, but yeah, so I think, you know what? If you have a Cyclonic Rift, a Blightsteel Colossus, any of these Force of Will, any of these ultra powerful cards, it's fine. Don't feel bad about doing it because unless you have like 10 different ways to tutor, it's just going to be luck of the draw that you actually get it unless mm -hmm. you're cheating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and also I was going to say, I have noticed like the play group the play group here is like the people I've been playing with is like the exact opposite of the Kansas City play group. Like it's all casual. Uh -oh. Like people have like good people have like very even people whose decks are tuned are still just kind of like not meme decks, but they're just like good decks, right? Like it's it's not near as cutthroat. It's been weird. So I think when I, I meant to preface that, like when I built this, my mindset my mindset has shifted so much into that more like People are building fun decks, right? <laughs> that are kind of like grindy and that sort of are thing. Are you kidding so, me, Sir Nathan? I think that kind of the floor with me with this deck. Really? Oh yeah. Well, he know he knows he knows the game. So, anyways, that 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 was the greasiest one I could find out there. Fair enough. Well, my second one is a card that is very intriguing. Why it's in here? Because you're an Azorius and you don't really ramp. 
So I'm not really sure why this equipment in here, since it deals with lands, but oh. it is legendary, so you can cast it for free. Uh, you can't equip it for at instant, or you get to cast it at instant speed. You can't equip it at instant speed, but it's still nice because it's cheap. You get it out, and it'll probably always be smacking for like seven to eight. So we're talking about mm -hmm. Black Blade Reforged. Um, two colorless legendary artifact equipment. It's a rare. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one for each land you control. Equip legendary creature for three colorless or equip any creature of yours for seven colorless. And what is this beautiful text read by? Uh, okay, that's not right. Hold, hold, pause for effect. Uh, don't worry, guys. It's, it's just it's, Big Tux up Pornhub came up and he was like, Ooh. yeah, exactly. Like, wait a minute. Uh, Col <laughs> oh, no, damn it. It was gonna be uh it was gonna be Liliana the snake the snake girl. Uh it said it's uh Ali who is Alanis Morset. It spilled the blood of one elder dragon in Gideon's heads and may yet taste another do 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 Wait no no that's that's Sarah Borealis, it's the wrong one. Who's Alanis Morset? The ironic, so either ironic or like this. This is how I. This is how I would have done it. It's like, oh, it is ironic. It spilled the blood of one elder dragon in Gideon's hands. It ain't yet taste another's. Sure, we'll go with that, everyone. <laughs> so sure, just, I have been defeated. So Tuck, obviously you weren't caring about budget, like you get into your head that you're a quote unquote budget player because you put a forty dollar card in the deck. So why did you go with Blackboard Black Blade Reforge and not one of the other sword ofs? It's just this this so, and Azorius don't seem to go together. So the reason why, and can I so I my second choice also explains this one. Okay. So do you mind if I So I put it in for the same reason why I put in Nettle Cyst, which is three colorless for an artifact equipment. Uh, living weapon, well, and then that, it gets plus one was also mine. So, uh, oh shit! Oh, damn it! <laughs> and, Wait, and, you chose two of them? Well, Nettle Sis is the complete opposite of Black Blade Reforged. It actually works in the deck. So, uh, equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact and/or enchantment you control. Yeah. Equipped two. So the reason why I put those in here, Black Blade was another one that was like on super high ranked on it too. So for me, it's like if you can get. If you can get seven or six, then your your commander is already going to be a 10-10, like a two or three turn clock with indestructible, right? So that's like the, I think I've seen some builds of this that really go into the Voltron thing. So for me, it was more about the damage. What are you talking about indestructible? Yes. There is no indestructible. Did I say indestructible? Yeah. I mean, he has five. Oh, okay. Yeah so, yeah, so he has like his evasion, right? Built like stapled on. So... For me, it was less about like the value of a normal sword and more about like what things can you pump him up with. This also can be tutored. We didn't talk about it, but there are things that like tutor legendary things like Talia's Lancers that can't get a sword, that sort of thing. So for me, the slimy quote unquote win con of this, if the greasy is just beating face, the slimy is like Voltron that you can just kind of come out of nowhere right so yeah see nettle cyst i'm fine with because there's actually 36 total artifacts enchantments in the deck oh, and damn i don't even know is that yeah right. and even though from a land perspective you have 36 you actually have ways to get multiples of the other stuff down to where land you're going to be going land, sure, land yeah. go i don't 
think I see a single way. Yeah, I don't see a single. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a card you hate. There is one. Archaos Mancer Maps. Oh. Also an all-star in this deck. Uh, Maybe the best card. In the yeah, deck? but you only run like a normal amount of land. You don't. You're not in like the forty to right. forty-five. So the likelihood that you're always going to be doing this Archaeomancer's map thing probably not going to happen. Also a trash card. Um, incorrect. So, <laughs> incorrect. Anyways, Nettle Cyst makes all the sense in the world. Blackblade Reforge less so, but I I see what you're saying with the commander having flying. That is a, a form of evasion. Uh, you can literally right. save up all your mana, do nothing right before your turn. Flash in Raf Capishan. Once he resolves, flash in Blackblade. Hey, next turn I'm going to pay three mana and possibly, you know, put you one shot away from death. Exactly. And, like, that's, like, again, that's kind of the problem that I ran into when I was building this is, like, there's just so many different ways that you can go. And even though it's an artifact and it plays into that, I still think, though, I think I agree with you where, like, Reforged is okay, but Nettlesist is way more scary. Mm-hmm. Right, because it, that could easily turn him into a fifteen fifty. Yep. Right on turn six, and then that's way more terrifying. So, I I always I'm a sucker for Reforged. It's also eighty cents. Yeah, I mean so. I'm a sucker for it too. Just not in mono, not not, not, not in mono <laughs> white decks, mono red decks, Boros decks, or Azorius decks. Azorius decks. Those are the only ones. Everyone else. Everything that's else fine. ran it in. <laughs> All right, well, Tuck, I, hey, I think look. you only have one yeast left uh, since we matched on yes. two of those. So why don't you round out the yeast section with something you seem to be very excited about? Oh, you mean this card I'm going to cut? <laughs> Dance of the Mance, 100%? <laughs> no. Are you cutting no. it? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, car. Oh, Temporal Sundering? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, that's fine. So Dance of the Mance. I love this card, and I finally found a deck that I could actually play it in. So X colorless, uh, white and a blue sorcery return X target artifacts and or non aura enchantment cards with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. If X is six or more, those permanents are four, four creatures in addition to their board types. So this is, I, as soon as I saw this card, I was like, yes, this is how, if I ever build this, this is how I want to play it. I want to play it going towards dance of the Mance. Teferi, you plus one, you bin it, it's gone. You just hold on to this card till the end of the game. You have a gazillion board, you have a gazillion artifacts, right? Someone vandal blasts you, and then you're like, ha, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, gotcha. You go back down to parody, and then on your turn, you dump like 12 into Dance of the Mance, and now you have your entire army to close the game out with. So, so excited. So, uh, I saw that, that you did that, because you, you also have some other cards in the deck. Um, one of them, I believe, uh, cannot remember. Antiquities yeah, War. Antiquities Does that War. Sense? There we go. Some more things. Yeah. So the only thing I was kind of against with that is that then like turns your Blightsteel Colossuses and your Traxoses and your Mirror Battle Spheres into like shittier versions of themselves. <laughs> and I just I don't know if I agree with that. And I so for me, for the reason why I put it in is because like, again, I didn't build this like super top end with like my big beaters and artifacts. So I would rather have the opportunity that most of the deck, say for three cards, can turn into ways to win the game through the red zone versus just being like three cards, one of which costs 12 mana that I, we just talked about. How we can't cheat it in. Like, I think it's worth the risk for me. Uh so again, and maybe that's more, maybe that's just more of a vestige of the more heavy artifact builds where instead of like 
planeswalkers, you're just running more mana rocks and that sort of thing, and then those get scary. So gotcha. All right. Well, understood. Well, hey guys, that's, that's gonna it. wrap up yeast. Now we're gonna head over to spice, and I'll kick this off. Why the hell is Madami the Ageless in here? Oh, it's so good. I love that card. It's not good in <laughs> this so deck. Great. Four colorless Azorius, white and blue. It's a mythic legendary creature Sphinx. It's a 4-4 flyer. Whenever a Madami uh, deals combat damage to a player, take an extra turn after this one. Madami the Ageless can't attack during extra turns. And that does also mean if you make a copy of Madami the Ageless, that can also not attack during uh, extra turns. The only way to do it is through Sakashima to where she gets to keep herself as a Sakashima. Oh, yeah. Then you get infinite turns. I just had to talk about it to figure out why the hell you put it in the deck. I, so I this is know. one of my pet this this is one of my pet cards. And this card in my uh the bird and the broad deck, uh my Jeskai build, this card has won me the game like three or four times. Just the suiting it up, getting that extra value. And in here, this was again another one that I was like, oh yeah, that's like that would be cute. And then when I did my research, the deck the decks out there were <laughs> lousy with it. I think it's just the fact that you can hold up, like if we're playing draw go, draw land go, you can hold up all your mana, right? And if you have six, you might do a rewind, you might do um your unwind, those sort of things. But when you get Madami down that turn, you're gonna be able to get in with it before people can usually react. And then you get an extra turn off that. It's like a ramp card for six. So it's a spice because you can't really do much more with it's it. It's a ramp that. card but for so, six. That that, that is a phrase so, I've never heard. It's so it's so cute. It's so cute. It's, it's like an untap and then you go to the next one. But it's just yeah. not good unless you. It, but it, like you get to. So you talked about your unwinding clock, right? So now you can take your entire turn. So you cast this on the permanency right turn. On your turn, you cast everything out of your hand, hit someone, untap, go. And now you're you're it's like uh it's like a wilderness reclamation or a seedboard muse in this deck. Seedboard muse costs what five? This is this is four this is one more mana for seedboard muse in Azorius. I'm telling you, I think it's got I think it's got some wings to it. I'm not talking about the actual wings that it has to it. No. Uh if you guys build this deck, cut this card immediately. It's a unplayable card unless you have a way to do something with it. <sighs> you're you're insane. All right, Tuck. You're, cra you're well, a crazy person. You only got two others, and I'm assuming you picked the yeah. Sphinx. Yeah, it's a Sphinx all day. Two Sphinxes. Two Sphinxes in the. Uh, two Sphinxes in the yard. What's that? What's that one thing? That one song where it's like, bup bup in the yard, bup bup, bup bup. Never mind. I don't know. I know my milkshake okay, so brought a lot of men to the yard. Ooh, why don't you make milkshakes? We, I bet you'd make a really uh, good one. I made one, one uh, just uh, a couple so, weekends ago. Made it with some leftover chocolate cake from Ross's birthday party that he came from. Oh, that's nice. Was it delicious? Uh, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have included the icing. The icing just made it too sweet. Oh, that was a, that was a rookie move. So in Chicago, this is a slight side tangent. There's a there's Portillo's, which I think you've we've been to when you came visit me one time, and they have a chocolate cake shake. And it might as well just be. Oh. Have you? No. It might as well just be a cup. It might as well just be a cup full of concrete <laughs> because it's so sweet and so thick. It's like if you finish it, you're like, I feel like I'm dying. Like I, I feel like I've died. I thought you were talking about the other restaurant in Chicago that serves the chocolate shake, 
and when you go ask for oh. it, there's <laughs> the a it, it's a large waitress <laughs> of the African American variety that will lift up her shirt and shake her boobies for you. Yes. I, I think it's like fifteen call, bucks or twenty bucks or something. It's fifty. I think it's fifty bucks and. Uh, so they're, they also like yell at you. I went there once and I was like, I never come back here, but I know someone that happened to taste the chocolate shake at Wiener Circle. Oh my God. All right. So either Sworn uh, Sphinx. So Sworn Sphinx, <laughs> seven colorless. It's not seven colorless. Azorius white blue for four, four affinity for artifacts. So it costs one less to cast for each artifact you control flying. And then it has cascade. So when you cast a spell, exile cards from the top of your library, we don't need to go to that because we just did an entire episode about Cascade and I want to talk about Cascade ever again. You won't either after you play the Inverna deck that we built together. <laughs> so the reason why I, this is just a kind of spice card through and through, right? It's not going to win you the game. You could probably whiff on it. I don't really have a lot of ways to bounce it. It's a four, four. So it's not that much of a threat, but for me, it's like, it's a two mana. It, it could be a down to two mana four, four flyer and you get to spin the yeah. wheel, right? Like maybe you hit into something and the fact it's nine, I mean, you could get your bronze. We didn't talk about it, but you could get like your bronze guardians, uh, you know, your mere battle sphere, that sort of stuff. Uh, it, you'll, it has that top end ability to be able to hit the things that you want. But again, we're not playing top deck manipulation. It's just kind of, for me, it was just kind of a fun one to throw in um, just to spin the wheel. And then you maybe have a blocker out of it. And it's an artifact for Nettlesis and the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie; it's gonna be getting cut. Um, it's it's Fair yeah. Enough. If if there was a way, I think tucked to your point to be able to put it back to hand, cast it again for two, cascade yeah. back to hand, cascade again for two. I think then it's once again, I'm I'm all for cute effects and decks. I just need a way that it's not just a one-time use and then it's just over, and the value's not even there. Like you could argue yeah, yeah. that. Dance of the Mance is one-time use, and it's value to get everything out of the graveyards done. But if you do it for the six or more, all of those are now four fours, so it still kind of has value later. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not sure, just sure. burnt out. And then even the sagas, you could argue, still have value because it's over the course of three turns that you're constantly getting it. And this guy, even if it's it, just yeah. two mana cascade for six or less once, I don't know. That's just it's it's not hitting right with me, especially because your curve is actually so low with how you built this deck. I don't know if you look, Tuck. Almost yeah. the entire deck oh. is four mana or less. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I could see that I, there. I could, I could see uh, you know hitting a swift boots and being like, well, awesome, um, great, yeah, and, I did and, it. You know, and once again, if I could put it back to hand, great. But with the current build. Um, you know, it's 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 fine. It's definitely a card. Yeah. If you just want to be a little chaotic, it's a, spin the wheel. It's a spice card. Yeah. It's a spice card. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the spice package. All right. Quick pause. Since we're literally just me doing a bottle capping and leaving, do you just want to push through? Sure. Okay. All right, Andy, and we're back. All right, and now we're on to the bottle cap, because since I am the Dex recipient, I'm the only one talking today, which is just how I like it. Uh, so I'm going to be <laughs> cutting cards from the deck and adding some in. One will be under $5, one will be under 50 and one's a no-budget recommendation. So we're going to start off with Cutting Karn's Temporal Sundering. Oh. Not good. Uh, it's uh, four colorless know, blue I blue. About, I don't know about all that. Legendary sorcery. It's a rare. You can only cast this if you control a legendary creature or planeswalker. It comes in about a little over 250, and it says target player takes an extra turn after this one 
return up to one target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Exile Karn's Temporal Sundering. Why am I spending six mana to bounce one permanent and take one extra turn? Because you can do it at instant speed with your commander and you're bouncing their most problematic thing. You get to take it after this one, right? So if you go, you have this big explosive turn. I Karn's Temporal Sundering. I bounce the best thing that you put down and then I get to take my turn, do whatever else I want, untap all my mana, and then I'm back into it. I think this card, I feel that this card is very strong. Uh, I understand the, I understand your, uh, I understand the legendary clause on it. But again, we have piles of legendary things lying around. I'm here. not worried about that. I, it's just I, a bad card for six mana. I don't, I don't agree, but. Well, that's fine. You're, if this is your deck, this is your deck. That's to right. So time, time warp, putting in time warp, <laughs> no. putting in Veldalkan putting in smothering time. Uh, those would be infinitely better. Uh, so the card I'm going to add, though, I, I when I looked at the deck, there wasn't a lot of winning. Like I, I can kind hmm. of win in the red zone a little bit, but I'd like to figure out: is there an alternate win con I can do? And I think Mirrodin. Wait, can I besiege? Besieged? It was on. It was on the list. It was so on so the list. So I think cutting that card, uh, the Karn for this, I think is way better. So dollar thirty four, two colorless blue. It's an enchantment. It's a rare. When it ETBs, choose Mirren or Phyrexian. So Mirren, which you would never cast, or choose, uh, no. whenever you cast an <laughs> artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one colorless mirror artifact creature token. You're always going to pick Phyrexian. At the beginning of your end step, draw a card, Correct. then discard a card. It still gives you the draw thing that you have going. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. The nice thing about this, for me, as I understand your dance of the man, it's like, oh, I've been, you know, uh, looting this whole time, and now, boom, I'm putting out all this stuff. Uh, well, sometimes right, right, right. Dance of the Mance might get milled early in the game, and you have no way to bring it back. It might get counterspelled, so it doesn't even happen. At least mm -hmm. Mirrod and Besiege gives you another alternate win con, and it's an in-step win con, which is huge. You right. could literally do your drawn a ton, and you know what? Let me count. I got just enough. Let's go ahead and play it. See if anyone has a response. If they do, great. If not, I win the game. Um, so I, what do you think of Mirrodin Besieged and, over Karn's Temporal Sundering? I I love Mirror uh, Black Meridian Besieged. Meridian Besieged. Meridian. I, I don't know. Mirrodin. Meridian Besieged. Yeah. Mirrodin. There. Thank you. Like a mirror. Yes, Mirrodin. Uh, I love this card in the deck, and I think this plays into things like Teferi Master of Time, where you can like on. So you have four cards. You have ten. Like you said, you have eleven cards in your graveyard. Late game, you Teferi three or four times. Now you're going to win on the thing. I I think Meridian is a is a great addition to this deck. Uh, I almost went the graveyard matters Azorius artifact way, but I was like, I think that's stretching it even thinner than it already is. I still am a stand for temporal sundering. Um, so I I if it was me, I would cut a card like either Sworn Sphinx, which I know you're cutting, or something that's like a little bit more on the fringe than sundering. But it makes sense to actually having the win con versus the sundering, which may actually not win you the game or do anything. All right. Well, now we're going to move. So I, I can I can see your I can see your I can see the thought process. Well, we are going to move to under 50 and I am cutting the Ether Sworn Finks for everything I already said. I think if there was a way some artifact that was like, yeah, pay a mana, tap it, bounce it back to hand, bounce like, like a crystal yeah. shard type of thing. Like, oh, OK, yeah, like, let me let me reuse this guy and you know I could do it on other people's turns like, oh, yeah, that could be cool. But just the one and done. I'm not here for the hit yeah. and quit it. But I am here for a continuous value. 
For a cool 650, I can add in a Mystic Forge and just turn this deck on fire. Oh, Forge, oh, it's Forge is so good, it's so, so good. So four colorless artifact, it's a rare. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or colorless non-land, which is perfect. So if I have the commander out, artifacts are historic, so now I'm playing off the top. Yep. Or I could tap it, pay one life, exile the top card of your library. I mean, I think I said it's, everything it's insane. that I need to about it. Yeah, I, it, this card's insanely good. Uh, I wasn't a believer till I rebuilt my Boros deck to be artifact focused, and this card pretty much was just the best value engine I had in it. Uh, just did complete bonkers nonsense. Uh, the only thing I'll say is it's six dollars right now, six fifty, like you said. You, if you are interested in this card, pick it up because it's just gonna yep. go up. I completely like, agree. I feel, I feel with like with Urza Saga and all that other stuff that's gotten reprinted, this card's gonna be in a year. It's gonna be ten or fifteen. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good. All right. Personal wreck. I'm not breaking any budgets. I am cutting Madami the Ageless. <gasps> but I have I have, oh, I have yeah. all the spy all the spikes. Yeah, pretty much because they weren't good. <laughs> all my all my spikes. Um, well, so initially I actually was cutting uh, Gadwind the the Wizened. Wizened. Uh, but yeah. the more you talked about it and that the card draw is such a big part. Because the reason I was going to cut Gadwick, it's basically Blue Sun Zenith, guys, as a creature. And it has a static effect that says whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent. I felt like that was pretty much irrelevant on this card because you are in a two-color deck. I, I don't like it where you are hindered to a color for an effect. Um, but you sure, talked yeah, about how yeah. much you need to draw a card. So it's like, okay, fine. Leave it in. Uh, or just cut that for Blue Sun Zenith so I can do it on repeat. Whatever. So we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and cut the Madami. And I got two, two cards for you. And I'm not Ooh, sure which. Okay. So since you helped build the deck, I'm gonna I'm gonna read the card. I'm gonna explain why I like the card. I'll read the other card, explain why I like the card, and I want you, Tuck, to say which way we should lean based on me, Ooh, well, not based on what you think or how you feel. Okay. First one, Scour Glass. Three colorless Scour white white really artifact <laughs> comes in for about eight Scour bucks. Scour Glass is really good. Uh, it's out in Shards of Alara. And it says, tap, sacrifice, scourglass, destroy all permanents except for artifacts and lands, play this ability only during your upkeep. So that's the first one. Obviously, it's pretty simple. You flash this out uh, before your turn. Boom, upkeep's there. You immediately basically get a board wipe that yep. no one saw coming. I, I, I like that. And I think there's some cool it's trickery really that you could probably do with making your stuff artifacts, making your opponent's stuff not artifacts. Um, there, there could be mm. some work to be done there. So that's the first one. Second one is Dark Steel Juggernaut. Oh, the Jugs. So Juggernaut's five colorless artifact creature Juggernaut. It's a star star rare for 73 cents. It's indestructible. It's power and toughness are each equal to the number of artifacts you control. And it attacks each combat of Fable. Obviously, a big thing here is it's indestructible. It's an artifact, so I can play it at instant speed. A big thing I saw a lot of online with lists is having Darksteel in more for a hops card. It's indestructible, and it'll be big. I could flash it in to block. And we talked about all the yeah. artifacts that we have. You're going to be able to just go bananas with it. So between a board control and Scourglass and probably some shenanigans I could do with that and making sure that my opponents lose everything and I keep everything, or... Darksteel Juggernaut, which could block once, but then it's just going to be going into the red zone each time with no evasion other than indestructible. Tuck, where do you sit? It's really hard. That's what she said. 
Ew, uh, because, well, let me, let me turn the table on you, sir. Let me, let me ask let me answer your question with a question. If you, if this was a deck you were going to build of the kind of ways that we've talked about it, right? What would be the way that you would probably go with? Honestly, I'd probably take it in a, I, I guess it would be the playing on other people's turns because I, so far the artifact stuff hasn't really intrigued me. Uh, I'm not okay. going to do an Azorius Planeswalker deck. And I guess essentially I could do legendary dot deck, but I kind of have that with my gods already. So I think doing a historic deck where I'm always playing on other people's turns would have to be the way that I would go to make it at least feel different than my other stuff. Then I would go with Darkseal Juggernaut because if you're playing the historic, you're probably, if so if you had said, I want to go artifact heavy, scour glass, no questions sure. asked, right? I'm just worried that if you do, if you put, if you put scour glass in here, in similar, I, I would just have the worry that you might be hamstringing yourself if you're not running a gazillion artifacts, if you are running some more flash stuff, some of the sagas, that sort of thing. Whereas Darkseal Juggernaut, to your point, instant blocker and every turn is just going to be a threat, right? There's going to be someone who isn't playing a token deck, has a scary commander. You can use Manifold Key to make this one unblockable. Sure. I think Darkseal Juggernaut will help you win more games than control the board like Scourglass. Well, those are some great points. And guys, we're at the end of the episode. And as promised, here's some details oh. about the giveaway. We're actually giving away the Averna deck discussed in episode 101. And just two weeks ago was seen streaming on Mr. Bever's Twitch stream. And you guys will see it streaming again on Mr. Bever's Twitch stream on August 31st. Um, get an interact... Uh, int you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, being a part of our... Uh, patron community, following us on all the different things. Uh, and we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News September 1st and typically our Twitter account soon after. And yes, these giveaways will happen as often as we can support you guys. So support us, grow the channel, uh, grow the viewership, the listenership, grow our patron community, and we'll continue to put out these uh, free giveaways. We would love a five-star review, a follow, and a comment on whatever platform you're consuming us on. And if you would like to reach out to us and find more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do so. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where could one reach you? I'm also on Twitter at Big Tuck Tweeting. You can reach our main. <laughs> you can reach our main account on Twitter as well at CMD Tower. Uh, you could also go to our awesome website where Big Tuck will have the deck list posted. Um, at cmdtower.com slash bnbe104. Basically, all you got to type in is Cyclonic Rift, Mindstone, Dovin's Veto, Tower.com. Squee McGee, if people want to get a hold of you in your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? Yeah, he can do everything you need from an audio perspective and does have a food studio if you are ever in the Kansas City metro area. Uh, also, our amazing video editor at underscore Teacoats on Twitter, Tyler, uh, does all of our YouTube editing. He will also begin doing our gameplay video editing as we will start to do streaming on Twitch and hopefully recording some higher level content that we could do in person similar to a redacted name podcast. If you would like to support us financially, so that way we can continue to enhance the channel, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. 
uh, with uh, many different tiers from as simple as a dollar a month all the way up to 25 bucks a month. You can get as, you know, guest spots on the channel, deck therapy, uh, RK post, uh, Patreon tokens, Squeamy Geek coins. I mean, we just have so much. I do tout that our channel probably gives away the most to our patrons from a uh, product perspective. As well, as I mentioned earlier, you get additional entries into those monthly giveaways. So, Big Tuck, I want you to give me your last pitch on this deck before you ask me the question if I say yes to the deck. I mean, I already know the answer, so um, <laughs> you are a hard, much like shopping for Christmas, you are a hard person to shop for, but I do think that this gives this deck does give you a lot of different outs and a lot of different ways to build it. Um, I think you can make it a meme deck, which you are sometimes open to. I think you can also kind of turn it into something that's a little bit more controly. But moreover, it gives you access to a playstyle that you sometimes like, a playing on other people's turns in a color in a color set that you only have one deck on. That I don't really see that much because everyone hates it. So you know, I will say this: the deck seems interesting. Um, definitely being more reactionary because there is stuff that yes. even if you can play a historic spell on your opponent's turn, some things you can only do on your turn. So it's finding the balance of what do I do at sorcery speed? What do I do at instant speed on other people's uh, rotation? So there's some things there. And Tuck, my answer, as much surprise to you, is I'm going to say no to the deck. Ba -ba -ba! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, track tracks tracks out. <laughs> well, so and, and I think the way that we'll end each of these episodes is whoever the recipient is will either say why they said yes to the deck or why they said no to the deck. Mine's okay. actually pretty simple. The commander is too vanilla. You know mm. me. I'm a very I like to build top down You're from the top commander. Down. Yep. And sure. literally this commander just lets you have a Velek and Ori for historic spells in the command zone. Similar to where if you built an Arcanus the Omnipotent commander, it's like, cool, I got to draw three in the command zone. Not, yeah, brainstorm not, in the command zone. Yeah, that's gonna, not, yeah. not, a, not a ton else. So that would probably be okay. my, my feedback is I think the concept's interesting. I just want the commander to be able to contribute more to the mm, game plan okay. other than just being a ley line of anticipation. Right. So here's my question to you. Do you have off the top of your head, and we don't need to go through this if it's going to take forever. Do you know, do you have a um, uncommon commander? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which one? Well, uh, let's see. Oh, well, I have Prava as uh, partnered with Sakashima. So an uncommon with a mythic. Okay. I have a Shirai, which has been downshifted to an uncommon. Uncommon. Well, when you built it, it was a rare, right? I think so. I think it got only downshifted in double masters. Yeah. Oh, because remember you spent like $40 on the full oh, copy yeah. of it as a rare from yep. whatever Kamigawa. But honestly, kind of like looking at my decks from afar, I may have one true uncommon commander without any other stuff associated with it, but that's probably it. So do you think that because you do build top down that, because I feel like the uncommon commanders that came out of like, they started getting more popular, like the partners is a whole nother discussion. Sure. Because that we that we cannot have that discussion here because we're yeah. both gonna get very upset and <laughs> it's gonna take 40 minutes. But do you feel that part of the issue is that like the uncommon commanders from a broad spectrum 
are more of like meat and potatoes because they can slot in the 99 and like they just aren't as good or as interesting as running the top of a deck? Well, I don't know. I mean, look at uh, Sir Nathan. He has that Sir Conrad deck. That's an uncommon True. commander yeah. and that thing's a powerhouse. So, and, and the and the ability is kind of unique because the stuff it's, doesn't it's even unique, have to yeah. die. So I think there are some that have flavor, but I do agree to a point your uncommon ones, just like your uncommon planeswalkers, are going to have less to them. So I think that's where mm -hmm. you have to make the deck almost fill in the gaps and really supplement it. Which that's where it's just like I don't know if Raf Capishan could ever truly just be a, a head of a deck because it is just yeah. unless you are just building an entire historic deck, everything's historic. I, I just I don't I see I see it being too big of a challenge. Where other to uncommon commanders, yeah. yeah, where there's other uncommon commanders, where you could definitely find ways to make it creative. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I I was just thinking like when like with the way that you're discussing the way you're like top down. Yeah, I was kind of looking through and like thinking about the uncommon commanders, and it's like I don't know if any of them are like that exciting. So yeah, interesting, but good but good to know. This was very helpful for me for the next time we do this, and who knows when. Yeah, exactly. And you guys should be pumped because it'll be me building for Tuck next. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is all the, this is, this is all the cards I hate. <laughs> and bye. Bye.